Welcome to Atypical, an offbeat take on news in the addiction recovery field. I am co-host Mary Crocker-Cook from the San Jose City College Alcohol and Drug Studies Program. Be sure and subscribe. Fourth episode. Fourth episode. And I'm Gary Montreza, co-host, executive director of Pathway Society in San Jose. Our purpose is to both educate and entertain with recent news stories about the addiction field. We've set up our podcast in sections that include drugs, news, an ethics challenge and prevention. And we are telecasting this yeah. from our beautiful studios. Beautiful studio. Which is actually a closet. Well, it's a little bigger than a closet. A janitor closet. We need to be fair to ourselves. Okay. One light bulb. Let me start off with our first section. Why would you use that to get high? And, and I'm always afraid of what you're going to okay. say, so I'm going to try to brace and myself. And today, Gary, you need to brace yourself yeah. because we're talking about vodka tampons. Now, I know. <laughs> Stop the recording. Stop now. <laughs> I know the vodka tampons is considered to be an urban myth, but in fact, it is not. Actually, uh, 90% of alcohol consumed by underage drinkers is consumed while binge drinking. Um, Equally alarming are the new forms of drinking teens, if reported, have devised that science project Junior's been working so hard on. It may have less to do with physics class and more to do with ways to deliver alcohol to the blood that boosts the buzz and prevent Mm. getting caught. So it's not a punk rock band. Rather, the use of vodka-soaked tampons inserted either vaginally or anally to get drunk faster without having booze on your breath. It makes sense. (laughs) They don't want to smell drunk when they go to class. It's known as slimming. Actually, the YouTube really does, you know, recommend anal insertion. Um, apparently, it, it burns, apparently, but apparently it's And how do you effective. know this about you? I know this because I took a little peekaroo uh, because I like to see what our youth are up to. It just gives me hope, Gary. Gives okay. hope. So, <laughs> although inserting the alcohol-soaked tampon could theoretically get someone drunk, it's a risky business. Really? Absorbing alcohol through a mucous membrane or any part of the body absolved in absorption and secretion allows for alcohol to be absorbed directly to the bloodstream, and it leads to more rapid intoxication. However, Gare, before you think about this, there is a danger. Mm. Since alcohol was is not being absorbed through the stomach, a person cannot vomit if they have too much to drink. So once alcohol enters the bloodstream, you can't get it back out. Uh, so this significantly increases the risk for alcohol uh, poisoning. So, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so they're taking, well, first somebody was sitting around, these kids are sitting around saying, you know, how can we get alcohol into our bodies quicker? Right. Take away our natural response to save our life in case we have too much alcohol, which exactly. is to vomit. Uh, and let's just... And get away with it because we won't smell like alcohol. Yeah. And so I can sit in history class. So this isn't considered no. binge drinking, is it? Because <laughs> they're not drinking it. <laughs> well, you have to have five drinks in a row to be a binge if you're male. And four drink. if you're a, a female. So you'd have to like me. I wonder what the concentration of... Exactly. You know what? There's there's these. a research study somebody needs to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me get on that. Uh, <laughs> While you're waiting to start that, what you got? What you got going on? What do I have going on here is um, I'd like to quickly shift into our next section because I'm... <laughs> Every time you have one, I'm, I'm ah, more horrified than I was. I'm so one. happy for me. So, so we're going to go into news in addiction with a focus on um, Jewel. And I also have another story I'd like to present in a minute. But 
some of you might know Jewel. Yeah. Um, they're e an e-cigarette company in San Francisco, and you might know them from their clever little packaging. Um, they look like little flash drives. Oh, yeah. 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 You've, you've seen them probably. Yeah. yeah. And you think you, if you have kids or you nephews and nieces or whomever, and they have a little flash drive, and you think they're being a studious little lad or lass, they're actually probably smoking things like mango and fruit medley. Oh. Um, and so what this is all about is lawsuits. They're being sued. Um, because they're saying the nicotine in these in these um, the stuff they oh, put vaping. in the vaping yeah. is way off the charts. And, oh. and they're also deceptively marketing these products to okay. kids. And so if you look at the article I have here, you have this nice little <clears throat> ad. We're looking oh, at it right that. now. Yeah, vaporized, it says. Oh, she looks about what? Oh, oh I don't know. 12? Yeah, 13, wow. 14. Wow. Isn't that cute? Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, I, I guess that's an alternative to... Your last story. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, so uh, the idea is they're being very deceptive. So there's three cases they're bringing. One is the first one's filed in, in uh, Northern California. Suit claims that, um, oh, gosh, this per this person, McKnight, became addicted to nicotine salts and now vapes several June pods each week. And so these things are super, super uh Super, super strong. Oh, okay. And so the idea was the intense dosage of the nicotine salts delivered by these products has actually increased nicotine addiction um, and not reduced it. Wow. So yeah, that was the whole thing, right? Which is yeah. e-cigarettes were going to help us quit, you know, do harm reduction and quit smoking. In indeed. Right. So yeah. uh, didn't help him quit smoking. Yeah. In fact, now now they're more smoking. Yes, oh. he's running around like a crazed animal, oh. wanting more um, stuff. The second case. Uh, is in San Francisco proper, and Carl Cooper says he purchased this this product as well to stop mm. smoking. And all of a sudden, guess what? It's worse. Oh no! He's running around with the other fellow here as well. Probably their buddies at this point. Oh my God! The suit claims that um, Cooper becomes very agitated and moody if he doesn't get regular doses of nicotine salts from his jewel pods. Oh, okay. So there you go. He never felt this way before when he was smoking um, on a daily basis, but now he does, and it's not kind of odd. Wow, so his craving is yeah. increased. Third case, uh, so this is clearly a bad addiction. Um, the third case is the most recent one filed in uh, New York. Uh, this is an interesting one. came from a mother of a 15-year-old identified only as DP, alleging Juul designed his products to contain more nicotine than necessary to satisfy cravings. So, look, the kid became heavily addicted to nicotine. Sue claims... It's making him anxiously, highly irritable, prone to angry outbursts, and uh, performing poorly in school, which maybe that's kind of a standard 15-year-old behavior, right. but we're not sure. But it's certainly being exacerbated by uh, this kid is now highly addicted to nicotine. So the complaint also says that um, they sent, they went through extraordinary measures to save this kid. They sent him to a different school that was, you know, involved in um, working with power tools. And power tools. <laughs> not maybe not the best. He's he's a fast builder, but the building's a bit off. But he's fast, so, you know, because of the Nick team. But, okay. But they sent him to the school, and they said they're offering a program that kind of fit his interests. Yeah. But they were saying the jewel use was so pervasive in this school. It was in bathrooms outside of school and even in class. The complaint says his parents switched him to another school. The complaint says the teenager's, teenager's parents removed him from his door from his bedroom, oh my goodness. locked parts of their house, instructed school officials not to let him use the bathroom unaccompanied, and subjected um, their son to regular urine tests. 
Yet, despite all these measures, he had these really insane urgings. Wow. So this guy had Poor a full-blown situation. He really on. needed residential treatment. He needed residential Wow. He needed something. Yeah, you know, we've never had that. I mean, we're having it more for a pot. Yeah. But we never had that. That's interesting. Because that guy, when you're talking about there, somebody would be really appropriate for residential. Yeah, and he's, the poor lad's only 15 years he's 15 old. 15 years old. Well, you know what? This reminds me of the, uh, they just had a ruling. The FDA just had a ruling on this, right? You're absolutely right. And um, just so you're aware, what they were looking for is they're trying to get these devices from not being sold or taken out of convenience stores. Right, I to get them away from kids from being kids. able to purchase them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess what happened is they came up with, they did pass that ruling. Yeah, they did. And they so did. now they can only purchase these things where it's 21 or Yeah, so what they're going to try to do is move them all to head shops because if you're going to buy marijuana, you have to have an ID, mm -hmm. 21 and up. And so they're hoping to do that. They said if convenience stores do want to sell them, they have to literally build a separate room mm -hmm. so that they can screen who goes in and out. So that's not likely to happen. No, it's so, not likely to happen. So it's more likely that they'll migrate on over to... Um, to uh, adult only my sense place. is once they made it they made it just they made it cooler by yeah. doing that and so now they made the exclusivity prohibition doesn't work of course we know that and so yeah kids are going to still they're still going to get these things yeah yeah they are they're still going to it's it's better i mean you know they're trying to do anything they can you know it's it's somebody actually asked that um i heard a, a discussion about this on npr the other day and somebody asked you know well can't kids just get older people to buy them well you know you could do that with beer too sure i mean pretty much anything right but you know the idea is trying to at least stem some of the tide yeah. so we'll as, see as you know a lot of the youth we've worked with they actually use um, substances with their family well then there's you know? that so there's, there's that too yeah so, so christmas is coming christmas is coming <laughs> Santa, Santa may be bringing jewel pods. <laughs> Store your data and get really, really high. So, so this company was really being taken down because yeah. um, in these lawsuits because of some real aggressive social marketing and, and using yeah. influencers and affiliates to try to sure. prove their product and, sure. and using kids to do it. Just so you're aware how this works, it's a $15 billion valuation in this company. Wow. So there's substantial money involved. And all is all to me it was a big bait and switch. We're going to help you get off cigarettes right, and nicotine. Exactly. And now they just found a way to boost get, bump the nicotine to up. get a fifteen billion dollar valuation. Yeah. Because you know it doesn't. You know I always thought there was something wrong with that anyway. Because the idea being you wouldn't want to you know create a product that people will eventually not need. Well, there you go. Right. So yeah. it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. Just from a business sense, of course you have to get them addicted to it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. there you go. So, um, isn't that happy? So that, thank you for kids. showing that. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's another really, really happy story. Some of you are aware that we have it in this country an opioid. It's called the opioid crisis, of course. Yes, indeed. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's really impacted a lot of communities throughout the country. And recently, Congress passed an opioid. Um, oh, yeah. Bill, it was really anemic, but we won't go into the politics of that. So. This is a story that came out about a week ago. Um, the FDA approves a powerful new opioid despite fears of more overdose deaths. Yeah, so, I saw that. That's terrible. Yeah. So you're yeah. thinking, well, why would they do this? Now, this is a drug that is five to ten times more potent than pharmaceutical fentanyl. Oh, my God. So let's let's take that in for a minute. Fentanyl is pretty, I think the technical what? term is gnarly. It's very gnarly. Yeah. yeah. So it's five to ten times more. A tiny pill, three millimeters in diameter. Um, experts are saying, look, this is most likely going to worsen 
this crisis. Yeah, but it's designed to be taken sublingually, right? That's you stick correct. it under your tongue. That's oh. right. So at the same time, the FDA commissioner, Scott Gottlieb, issued an unusual statement saying that he would seek more authority from the agency to consider whether there are too many similar drugs on the market. Really? Oh, my God. So who is, you're probably asking, who's Scott Gottlieb? Yeah, who is Scott Gottlieb? This is, okay, let me break in. Political statement. <laughs> Political statement on the way. Okay. Okay. So here you are. Um, uh, President Trump has picked FDA uh, head Scott Gottlieb. He has numerous big pharma connections um, and has served on many boards of the largest farm, pharma companies. He has deep oh, ties. At so least 25 swampy. different. Very swampy. This guy is, he's in the full on gators and everything. <laughs> okay. He's just, yeah, he's, he's in the swamp for yeah. sure. So according to public records, um, and this is from a, a group called Public Citizen, a consumer watchdog group. So he issued a very weird statement. I'm not going to read to you, but uh, um, what he did say was that, that they pledged the FDA would do more to balance efforts to curb the epidemic. So I kind of thought, so let's release another opioid. Oh my so God. We can curb yeah. the epidemic. That's going to curb it. That would be really cool. That's wow. a good idea. Huh? Yeah. We, we need a, we need a new super opioid. We right need, now. A, we need, and that, I think this sounds like it. The fentanyl so, wasn't killing enough people. That's correct. Yeah. So, Here's the deal. Uh, do you know how many people last year um, were, were lost their lives to, to this epidemic? No. no how many? 49,000 people. Wow, 49,000. Do you know how many died in an auto crash, auto deaths? How many? 40,000. Oh, wow. More people died. Yes, opioids. Wow. So let's get another one going. So what's interesting is uh, he said he would uh, bring it to this the FDA's Opioid Policy Steering Committee and perhaps Congress. As if Congress would be. <laughs> oh, good, because they always do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Look like we can sit and make some money here. Yeah. Um, let's go for it. So uh, he was going to say, let's look at the guidelines and see the narcotics benefit to public health versus the risks. <laughs> oh, geez. So there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, how, how far should I go into this? Um, Okay, so all right, let me see if I understand. So has the FDA approved it, or you said they're still in discussion? Yeah, they, they, they're approving it. Okay, They're trying to excel, accelerate this, and agency okay. critics and some public officials have really, according to the article, clamored for a holistic approach to narcotic painkillers yeah. instead of the FDA's practice of ruling on each opioid application on its own. So what really happened is they're trying to circumvent the normal process of FDA approval. Oh, I see. And say, can we get other things in the market really quickly? And just so you're aware of how this works, this was done when the chair of the FDA advisory committee that recommended approval, this the chair was not there when they took this vote. And this oh. person, Rayford Brown, is a professor of anesthesiology and pediatrics at Kentucky University. Okay. He took the rare step of publicly condemning the decision and urged the FDA to re reject the drug. His approach, as well as another fellow, um, Brown and Senator Markley from Massachusetts, were very clear that this drug, we'll give you the name, Desuvia, will be diverted to illicit use and cause more opioid overdose deaths. Yeah. More. If approved, Desuvia will be abused and start killing people as soon as it hits the market. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It'll be a while before it reaches our guys, probably. I'm guessing it's an expensive pill. It's expensive. Um, the, the drug will apparently only yeah. be sold, uh, will not be sold in pharmacies. The FDA okay. believes that controls on drugs inside medical facilities are tight, and the greatest risk of diversion is among medical personnel themselves, which oh, I won't give you the story. You told me that story. I've told you the story before, but um, yeah. there's a bit of a 
issue with medical, medical professionals. You told us that last using, time. Using drugs. That was 65%. That was a very frightening yes, story frightening. from episode three. Yes, it thank is. you for sharing. Yes. Your- bringing that back to mind as I think about scheduling my next physical. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, something we didn't, I was thinking about when you were talking about the jewel story briefly is this idea of smoking. And I'm wondering, do you guys, um, have you seen those little vape things in treatment or does everybody, do your clients still smoke cigarettes? Uh, Yeah. Unfortunately, our clients smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Which I don't care for. Yeah. It's really hard. It's hard to get, um, treatment to become um, we, well, the technical term for smoking abstinence is called clear. Oh. Okay, so it's really hard for uh, treatment facilities to be clear. In fact, when I was running a private facility, clients that's the, one of the first questions they'd ask when they call in about treatment. Even before, how much does it cost? They'd say, Can I smoke there? So, <laughs> no, but we have these tampons. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what? what? I mean, what? oh, we've got frogs, we got frogs. <laughs> Nutmeg. Uh, what else do we have? Yeah. Moth balls. balls. You can use all those things so if you funny. want. No cigarettes. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Uh, you know, it's an ongoing battle in treatment, philosophically, um, because, you know, the counselors don't want to quit smoking. It goes back to that, that belief with uh, uh, Bill W. and Dr. Bob, who both died of um, uh, smoking-related disorders. Oh, my. Uh, that, you know, it's dangerous to quit everything at one time. Mm. And, you know, we've got all kinds of research that says that's not true, but culturally it's still deep in the 12-step program mm. that you need to hold on to, you know, something. And, um, you know, just in some ways I guess it's a form of harm reduction. But the problem is uh, people then don't let go of it later down the road. They so, don't. yeah, this is a tough one. This nicotine one. You know, so any other new route to get nicotine makes me sad because it's a really hard one to root out of our people. At frogs? Yeah. Okay, we can try frogs. Frog frogs. looking. Or we can do our next section, which is, here we go, our favorite ethics challenge. Oh, no. I, I, I promise next time we'll have some bumpy music that okay. involves a car crash. There we go. Addiction counselors acting badly. And if you're an addiction counselor, you can get out your CCAP ethic codes to follow along. We have a link on our atypicalpodbean.com link. Um, Okay, so Gary, I'm going to read this story. and You can tell me what you see. (laughs) Okay, this is, now I don't know, I'm not particularly a sports person, but apparently former Marlon Justin Wayne sentenced to four years in prison for a con involving drug addicts' urine. (laughs) Justin Wayne was a bust, the fifth overall pick in the 2000 MLB draft. Wayne appeared in just 26 games over three seasons with the Florida Marlins, putting up an ERA over six, but he did earn a World Series ring. His post-baseball career was more successful and more lucrative, at least until he got busted, for bizarre insurance fraud, which involved purchasing the urine of drug addicts. Yummy. Thursday in Mm. federal court, West Palm Beach, of course, West Palm Beach, (laughs) Wayne was sentenced to 46 months in prison ordered to repay $3.8 million defrauded from insurers and fined 20000 after pleading guilty to health care fraud. His brother, Hawkeye Wayne, who Hawkeye. never made it past the minor leagues, was apparently the brains behind the operation. <laughs> His sentence was more severe. Uh, Both Wayne are cooperating with the government, expected to testify in the upcoming trial of doctors working at Reflections Treatment Center. 
one of a number of drug treatment facilities and sober homes operated by the notorious Kenny Chapman. We've mentioned it before. Yes, we have. Currently serving a 27-year sentence on charges of money laundering, sex trafficking, and health care fraud. Women would come to treatment. Chapman would keep them in a state of impairment to sort of pimp them out. Yep. One side hustle for Chapman was the sale of his patient's urine. That's where the Waynes come in. The Waynes owned a drug testing lab. And so uh, the Palm Beach Post says the urine of drug addicts who have insurance is liquid gold to the unscrupulous operator of labs. The Waynes paid Chapman for urine, ran unnecessary tests, and billed insurance companies at inflated rates as much as $5,000 for a single drug screen. Another Wayne brother, Ethan, so this is the whole family, also pleaded guilty and will be sentenced next month. So Justin says, I sincerely apologize to your honor, the government and the insurance carriers, anyone else I've harmed for the shame I brought to my family. I'll spend the rest of my days making it up to them. Okay, Gary, sure. we've got, we've got urine sales. So he's a pro baseball player. Yes. But he decides, you know, this is not enough for me. I need to broker in urine. I need to do urine brokering. Yeah. So, you know, this is kind of a scary one. Um, when we think about, again, ways that we need to maintain, I'm thinking obviously of, of number three, yes. this idea of complying with federal state laws and regulations, um, record keeping. They were doing some serious healthcare fraud and failing to maintain records that were consistent with the nature of the services That's they were providing. Who was, yeah. who was taking these samples? Well, you sell them. No, but who was taking the samples? I mean, the oh, brothers. Oh, at the laboratory. Were... The brothers at the laboratory. Oh, the brothers yeah, at the laboratory. Yeah, they would take the samples, yeah. And, you know, what else? Basically, um, anything that has to do with um, oh, business management, well, you know? Yeah, well, how about professional, non-exploitive? Oh, there you go. Things should be done by, by counselors. I'm wondering what counselors were referring them to. This well, then there's that, huh? because, yeah. you know, I don't know if the counselors were aware. My guess is because there were bunches of people, yeah. sober home operators, that kind of thing, that were busted along with Kenny Chapman. Yikes. It was probably a pretty well-known thing. So anyway, that's today's uh, uh, counselor acting badly. And I thought I'd bring it, you know, a nice change from the usual a sex challenge we have. Yeah, we there we go. So today we yeah, there's have, plenty of those out there. So today so. we had the today we had some urine, some urine sharing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so we've come to the end of our our yeah. last section. I guess we're going to shift over to um, a couple interesting articles about prevention. prevention. Okay. So all right. How are we how are we on that? Okay. What do we got? Where's our prevention article? Here's something very 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 cool. Um, there is a company that is located in Richmond, Indiana. And this company offers drug treatment and job to, and jobs to people that are addicted. Cool. And they, they don't even have to have if they don't even if they don't work there. Oh, even if they, they don't work there. Applicant. Oh, an applicant for that's a job. That's right. Okay. So that's kind of the, the company. Shout out to you guys, uh, Belt and Electric, which is in Indiana. As I said, they took this approach. They're they're now offering drug treatment and companies paying for it for job applicants if they fail a drug screening and those who are already working if they have an issue they'll send them the treatment wow. so i don't know what was your first thought on that i mean i mean I, you know my first thought was an article that we had a little it might have even been last week where new york was having such a hard time getting people to yes to uh screen clean mm -hmm. in terms of hiring so it looks like these people are are more uh savvy in terms of okay well even if they don't screen clean and did not buy their drugs yeah. from urine from Kenny Chapman, um, they're, they're going to need to, uh, they can give them some treatment. So good for them. <laughs> Here we go. So <laughs> this company, you know, it's a very old company. Um, I 
I believe it's 100 and something years old. Wow. Um, wow. The deal here is this company sold wire to Thomas Edison. So oh, they, wow, they've been around. Yeah, they have some chops, right? Yes, they do. Uh, they've been around. They know some wire, Gary. They, 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 they are <laughs> wired, um, for sure. So the deal is with this place, um, this company, they believe their fate is intertwined with the community that surrounds it. And I'll give you one idea of what's going on in that community in um, Richmond, Indiana. Okay. They have an epidemic. Can you um, think of what that might be? I'm guessing opioid? It, it's opioid. It is opioid. It is, okay. Yes. So this is a company working in a community to address the opioid crisis okay. by not stigmatizing them if they do have an issue. Um, and also, uh, it's a very practical and good uh, community economics. Okay. You know, they, they don't have enough people to hire. Um, they, they cannot find enough people to hire if they do not take this approach to keep their company going, which is very interesting. Um, so this one gentleman, I'll just point out one story, um, Lewis Hubble, 35-year company veteran. He's had his aunts work there, his family members, wow. uh, siblings. It says that his family has over 300 years of service at this company. Wow. That's remarkable. So when I was first hired here, you had to be careful about what you said because everybody worked at this company. I so bet they, they do. They all know each other. New. So years ago, this gentleman lost his sister to an opioid addiction when okay. she was 44, leaving behind three three children. So his whole thing is he's, he's very emotional about this. And the idea is, look, this thing's growing. Um, and he wishes he, his sister could have had some kind of help. Okay. You know? um, and so now this company is coming to the rescue. Two years ago, the company needed to fill 75 positions, which is really a tall order for them yeah, in, this, that is. in this community. But the percentage of people that were applying drug tests and failing drug tests had tripled. Oh, wow. Tripled. So it takes about 450 people to run this organization. It's a okay. small company, so they just decided they're going to go for it. Again, they didn't want to stigmatize anybody for having what is considered a health issue. Uh-huh. And let me give you a practical example of one of the people that worked there who was having issues because, well, he got hurt at work. Oh. And so he started taking uh, uh, painkillers to help him at work and then tested positive, and positive yeah. for, for opioids. Rather than bumping him out and causing all kinds of collateral damage in this gentleman's life, they decided to keep him in there, keep him as a productive citizen, keep him earning money and also doing things for the for the company. Oh. Pretty cool. And give him some treatment. Give him some treatment. Oh, so, that is excellent. What yeah. a lovely yeah. lovely yeah. company. I wish them well. Yeah. But you know it's so practical though. It's practical. Uh, but there are challenges. As I said, one of them is is the costs. Um, okay. it's about five thousand per participant. Send someone so to they're treatment. investing about five grand per person that they're sending to That's treatment. Correct. And, then, the, and and then in return the person will be committing it probably to continue to work for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I want to point out this story, and I want to contrast it to one that just literally came out today, where the new, was who is the uh, Department of yeah. Justice? I didn't want to mention his name. So yeah, I'm glad sorry. Yeah. He has taken a stance against pending legislation, which is sentence reform. Yeah, it's a big deal. At the federal level. Yeah. A person, a senator from Arkansas, Tom Cotton, who I think his last name refers to what's between his ears, yeah. was suggesting he couldn't. He agrees that we can't sign this bill because we're in the midst of an opioid crisis. That's so, so ridiculous. So where so are we going to put all these people? They got to go to jail. Oh man! So I guess my, what I'm pointing out is this is a public health issue. It's an economic issue. Yes, it is. And this company is taking that on, Good not only them. as a community but as a company. Yeah, we've tried arresting our way into, um, you work. know, out of out of addiction. It, it didn't work. That's right. In we California, gave that a really good shot. We're doing all of that in California. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we've gotten away from this notion that 
having uh, an addiction issue or, or uh, struggling that way is somehow a criminal justice issue. Yeah, that somehow locking them up is going to be really yeah. helpful. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Okay, good for you, Indiana. Well, now we come to our last section, humility check moment this week. And this, this section reminds us not to take ourselves too seriously, which is a key to burnout prevention and humility. Let's see who, who's got something. I know I always do because I'm ridiculous. I'm trying to find it here. My little story I was going to tell about myself. And if I can't find it, I already know it anyway. Here it is. Okay. All right. So as you know, Gary, I have been learning to work in the yard, and I particularly love to give my plants a haircut. <laughs> After one particularly industrious weekend, oh, no. I had a full small wheelbarrow to put out on the street for trash on Thursday. And I don't know why this makes me so happy, but I love when I get to put a pile of greens like my neighbors do. I, I know it makes me feel like a serious homeowner that I'm dumping me some, some yard clippings on, on the street. So anyway, so Wednesday night, I arrive home from work, start schlepping out the trash cans and my little, my little work outfit. Then I go get the wheelbarrow, which is giving me fits as I try to roll it down and, and take out the clippings. So I'm like dragging this thing, and I'm like, God darn it. And I'm thinking, I need to go to the Home Depot, I guess, and get me a new one. This is full. And then, then as I struggled, I at, down the driveway, I waved at the neighbors because they were putting out their trash, and I was finally relieved to be dumping the, the clippings. And only then, Gary, did I realize that my wheelbarrow had just one wheel. <laughs> so the sparks of you driving, uh, pulling the metal on the on the ground, you, uh, it give it away. Last dig, and so I started oh. giggling. Yeah. So in front of all of my neighbors, I'm like schlepping the clippings out with a wheelbarrow with one wheel. What a ding dong! Did you have Did you have something like a little flash drive in your hand at the time? I know. <laughs> so I took a quick. <laughs> and how did the wheel go missing? You know, I don't know how the wheel it fell off. Well, you know, okay, I'll confess I actually put the wheelbarrow together myself. So oh. I am sure that there's some necessary bolts that was probably not administered Maybe in the right place. Maybe you didn't put the wheel on in the first place. <laughs> I did put it on in the first place because it did work before. Because, you know, it, but it came off. Here. Anyway, I did find it and uh, I put it back on now. So rather than being someone who works in the yard and kind of getting into your, your cave woman thing and your outfit and just kind of getting I'm ready. like hardcore homesteading Taking me woman, some clippings. Yeah. You're becoming a sled dog. Apparently. Because you're just dragging, dragging my wheelbarrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't have anything that, I don't have anything that spectacular. I can only tell you this. This is a self-reflective moment. Okay. Brought to you by Gary Montreza. Okay. Um, I, I've been doing, yeah, how long have you been doing this for? Oh. Wait, we, we, we have to be careful. We can't telegraph our age, can we? Well, I, I tell everybody we my business. So I'd say, yeah. oh, it was 30 years. Yeah. yeah for me, um, it's been about 25 years. And you get to a point where you think, you know, I've been around so long. I've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. I know a lot. Yeah, you do. Oh, gosh, yeah. I'm, I'm brilliant. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because I'm never, it never ceases to amaze me that things that happen that, that blow my mind. When I think I've seen everything, mm. something just pops up and hits me right in the head. And um, I, I can't go into what that is right now. Okay. I, I can't. All right. But I can just tell you this, that it, it's shocking to me um, that even an old sled dog, <laughs> such as myself, <laughs> can learn something, um, and which I did. Yeah. Um, I know I'm being very cryptic. You are. You're being cryptic. But um, what I'm trying to say, folks, is you're never going to get to a point where you know everything. The only thing you're going to have control over, I hope, 
is um, having superior judgment. Yeah. That's wisdom. That is wisdom. That's the superior judgment part I want to get forth. Oh, okay. Always exercise that before you have to, you know, uh, use your superior skill. That's well, it. I'll keep that in mind. Okay, that was very... That's, this was Thank not you very a, much for sharing that. That was serious. I could tell That's right okay. now. That's okay. That's all right. I'm just... Very, I'm just thinking that I did not demonstrate superior judgment, Gary. <laughs> no, you did. Well, I, but, but, I, but I will. You were more into. Your, I will keep that in consideration you were, you next were more time. More into your uniform or whatever yeah. you're wearing. <laughs> Actually, what I'm wearing right now is my favorite cat jacket, and you are really in a <laughs> well, disadvantage. Just so you're aware. You are disadvantaged just, that you are not able to see my cat jacket. I, I can see the cat jacket. It is mighty fine. It's isn't a lot it? of bling. I'm it's wearing mighty sunglasses. fine. Unfortunately, yeah. we only have one light bulb. That's in, right. In the the janitor closet. It is mighty fine, my cat jacket. It's, it is our studio. It's, it's a collection of cat pins, and I'm looking. And can I tell you, the number one question people sure. ask me, Gary, they walk up to me and they say, do you like cats? Do you like cats? Now, I have on approximately, let's see, how many? 12 counted, cat pins. I at least 10. I, at least 10 cat pins. Yeah. And people walk up to me and say, do you like cats? And I'm always baffled by that, Gary, because... Uh, Clearly, yeah. I like cats. <laughs> yes, you do. Why like, would they ask You like me cat jewelry. <laughs> we have a computer here that has cat hair, hair on it. <laughs> yes, it does. My babies go everywhere. They go me. everywhere. Or, 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 or your cat is a hacker, one of the two. Uh, so there definitely is a cat theme here, but I am going to um, foreshadow for the audience. Now, Mary does not know this, but I have a story I'm going to bring up that's going to involve cats. Oh. At some point. Okay. I have one. You do have a cat I story. Do. Well, I'll look forward to that. Well, thank you for joining us again. Do subscribe. Follow us. We're going to be continuing to bring our brand of, you know, observation. Yeah, yeah. Tempered irreverence. Exactly. Yeah. All righty. You take care all. Take care. Thank okay, you. Okay. Bye-bye.